Previously on CO Bibbles Babble Bubble. Guest host we have here on the show, Mr. Nikki Kumar from the Imperial Senate Podcast. All the racers in real life are just as colorful as these pod racer characters. Right? Like they're they're all messy bitches who live for drama. You know, the Boonta Eve classic is considered sort of an all-time great pod race. And the Monaco Grand Prix is sort of you know, the creme de la creme of F1. Uh, a driver for Haas, and um, he crashes all the time. <laughs> like, like I'm pretty sure like most of his content in the documentary is him crashing and him just fucking up. If you don't take the shot, Gasgano, I will, you sick son of a gun! Communications disruption can mean only one thing, invasion. You must contact me. Negotiation. We've lost all communication. So, uh, mm-hmm. our next little, little fun thought experiment here is going to be a bit of a draft, where we are the team principals each of five F1 teams. So uh, so Nikki has Ferrari, Red Bull, Alfa Terrari, formerly uh, Toro Rosso's. Those are the two Red Bull teams. Alfa Romeo and Haas. And I'll have Mercedes, McLaren, Renault, Racing Point, and Williams. And so what we're going to happen here, we're going to look at the roster of Star Wars Episode One Racer. Because there's a couple other characters in there who aren't in the movie but they're on here and we are going to pick as appropriately as possible for these teams so not just necessarily the best available player but kind of be aware of personalities of the team so on and so forth we'll see how long we go there's 25 possible players to pick from and there's 10 teams so what's going to happen is Nikki will pick a person for ferrari i'll pick for mercedes Nikki picks a second person for ferrari I'll pick Mercedes, and then we go down to the next team. And we'll keep you updated. This is going to be, hopefully, pretty, you know, we'll see what happens to it. So, Nikki, you have the first pick for Ferrari. Who are you taking? Oh, man. I'm sorry to do this, but i got to take your guy. I'm bringing Gascano onto Ferrari. Ah, racing goggles um, and all. Mm-hmm. Ferrari is a storied institution in Formula One. Um they always love a a guy to you know put their brand on. All teams do, right? They want they want the, a poster boy, and I feel like just taking into account of not only top notch racer, good personality, um, and uh, yada yada, you know, all the good stuff. Also, the fact that this guy came second in the Boon to Eve race behind a kid. And um, Ferrari's been coming second a lot the past few years. So I'm going to take Gascano. I'm going to hinge my Team Ferrari future on him to be the leading figure. Well, I feel like you have, uh, you've prompted me to, to pick the guy who Gascano lost to. Okay. You know, So I think Mercedes is kind of going to go with Anakin Skywalker here. Which then also this leads me to a quick a quick little side a sidebar conversation. So there's obviously a circuit of pod racing going on across multiple planets. How does Anakin get to race in just one race, or does Watto travel with the guy and like take him to different planets that he can race on? That is a wonderful question, and it makes you wonder if the Boonta Eve is the only race on Tatooine. Because also we know about Formula One, but there's also Formula Two, which is like the the developmental group. So maybe I don't know. Maybe pod racing has a thing like that where it's not always the Boon to Eve. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there's you know minor league <laughs> racetrack or uh, you know just a little a simpler Tatooine race course um, that sometimes they can race on as well. Because yeah, he's been in a few races. Obviously, he's just never done well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, has he been in? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, it's, it's hard because especially when you play the video game, you can play as Anakin on all these different planets. Yeah, like around the galaxy. So here's, I think here's this little slave. Yeah, certainly. Kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, do they like deactivate his chip <laughs> while he goes out? Um, no, it's that's that's. I think certainly the movie implication is that he didn't go <laughs> off planet. Well, I like certainly, to believe right? that he did. Otherwise, Mercedes is screwed. It's a much better like. I love that vibe, but it's just not a slave boy vibe. <laughs> <laughs> slave boy. Um, yeah, it's you know he, I don't know much about the galaxy traveling slave and Shmi deserves a lot of like a real hard time if she let Watto take him around the galaxy (laughs) (laughs) because and again people are like oh maybe she didn't have a choice in the movie she says no I won't let you do it like she has she does have control in this situation Um, so if she let Watto take him around the galaxy (laughs) she made a choice there and I think Shmi Shmi needs to be I don't know. It was good they got uh, the I'm kid not, out I'm not of that calling, situation. Not calling Child Protective Services yet. But um, Yo, Qui-Gon knew he was there for a reason. <laughs> Qui-Gon was sent by the government. <laughs> he uh, was. <laughs> yeah, sure was. Took uh, a little but yeah. to her. All right, there we go. Mercedes taking Mercedes taking the little child, the child soldier. All right. So uh Ferrari, your second pick. Ferrari's second pick. Um, I'm going to need somebody who won't take the limelight from Gascano, but can compete big time. Um, so I'm going to go with... Doo-doo-doo. Hmm. It, this is also especially hard because a lot of these dudes crash in the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, I don't know. Um, you can go just by look, I, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with... You know, I'm going to go with Team Topagalese. Aha! You're, fe- you're feeling... Feeling the smiles. And, and also, because, like I said, Ferrari is this storied institution... I want someone with a little flash. I want someone to bring some of that sexiness back because we have this, we have this amazing uh, manufacturer who hasn't been winning championships. But I want to feel some pride in. Um, I want like if I'm a Ferrari fan, I want to be happy to be a Ferrari fan. And I think someone like Tinto Pagliese would come in, be a great second to Gascano, and really like push this uh, team up. And uh, and of course in. In real life, the Ferrari has a very like certain brand of uh, like super fan. They're called the Tifosi, which is like the group of traveling Ferrari support. Um, so I think Gascano and Team Topaglius can really bring the the intergalactic Tifosi out and be super happy with Team Ferrari. <laughs> the intergalactic Tefiti. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that's actually a be- that's probably like better than any other team than that's gonna come out of this. And also, it's probably so. better than any other team actually in F1 because those two are gonna push each other forward. Mm-hmm. I-, I really, I like that a lot. Uh, respect Ferrari. Respect man. Ferrari. Yeah, there like. you go. <laughs> I think you know the Reds taking it back. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I was so inspired earlier by your Odie Mandrell thing for Mercedes, right? I think I yeah. think he belongs here. So he'll be partnered with Anakin. And I don't know how the two All of them right. will get on, actually. You know, we don't see much of an interaction, you know. But it's kind of you have sort of two opposing camps within a highly advanced piece, you know, organization there where you have Anakin being probably the one to kind of tinker around and make something, make his, you know, racer a little non-standard. Kind of scrap mm-hmm. it together while Odie's the one who leans upon, like you said, the massive force behind Mercedes to make sure that his racer is always there. I like I like our top four. I don't know. You know, there's a very obvious pod racer currently missing, but we'll see where he'll show up. Will he be in oh, the, yeah. fifth, the fifth pick? Red Bull. I do... I want to I want to quickly comment and uh, on your Mercedes pick and yeah like bring attention especially to that fact of Anakin being a very um, 
like in, in like ingenuitive engineer, right? Like he's a, he's a smart kid and he'll do like the unexpected, which I feel like is very appropriate for Mercedes. He's like innovating all the time. So yeah, no, I think Mercedes and Ferrari, I think we've got some two killer teams. Killer teams. teams. And Anakin's also a very genuine guy. You know, if he were to yeah. stick in it like Hamilton has, I could easily see him become that character. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so Red Bull, you have let's the fifth see. pick. Red Bull. All right. Sorry to do this again, but it's the it's the benefit of having the first <laughs> the first go of it. Um, Red Bull. I need someone who again. This is a team. This is the third place team, right? This is the team who's like only just a bit behind the the two. We need someone who can, you know, use this very complex car and uh, take it forward. Race, race up, catch up to Mercedes and Ferrari. And for someone like that, you need someone who is a bit of a dick. <laughs> Sebulba, baby. Sebulba's going on Red Bull. He is, he is the poster boy. He is the Max Verstappen of intergalactic Red Bull. I, 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 told, I think, you know, hit the nail right on the head there. Um, up for the sixth pick, I have McLaren, and I feel like they need someone who's pretty stable. You know, it's a stable, mm-hmm. well-known brand, and you know, maybe not necessarily the most flashy guy out there, but a person who you're to expect a quarter of the time a podium finish as a, as a point of reason is you know is there, and I'm gonna have to go with my man Dud Bolt. Yeah, yeah, I think there's a, it's a very determined racer. I think he'll respect the brand. You mm-hmm. know, he'll let the brand be bigger than him, which I think is what McLaren management really wants. Yeah, which um, it's a it's an interesting dynamic when in the 2018 season that we saw in the documentary, um, McLaren had Fernando Alonso, who was like a world champion with um, Ferrari. And whatnot. So that's like kind of bringing in somebody who I don't know. I think Dub Bolt's maybe a little, a little old. <laughs> so <laughs> he looks a little like worn late, around late, the edges. I mean, his yeah, little outfit's late, pretty later in his career. Up, you know, yeah. that little yeah. leather, leather get up. Right. He's he's a little late in the career, coming in trying to stabilize this McLaren ship because again, McLaren is another um, sort of racing institution with huge pedigree that has you know fallen off the wayside a bit so yeah i think deadbolt's a great pick for uh stabilizing that ship and giving it some pedigree again Mm -hmm. all right red bull it's back to you all right red bull um so i'm looking for someone here who can keep up with sebulba but not at all um like threaten him so I'm gonna go with. Um, I'm gonna go with Mister Aldarbido. <laughs> um, he actually was. Uh, let's see. He finished the race. Third correct? place. Yeah. Third place in the Boon to Eve. Um, this is a guy who is you know somebody who can keep up with the pack, but also um, not overshadow Sebulba. And again, we're talking about um, the way these racing teams work. So like you want racers who are going to be in each other's neighborhoods um, because there's multiple championships involved within uh, Formula One. The main one, of course, is the driver's championship, which is determined by your the points you earn from your placements through all the different races, and then the, um, what's it called? The Constructors' Championship, which is like the team version. Um, and that's when you want somebody who can, you know, boost your team points as high as you can. So you want someone, if you're a team like Red Bull, you're going to want two very good drivers who can, um, you know, really boost Red Bull up the standings, challenge Ferrari, challenge Mercedes, I think Aldarbito is perfect for that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for a, 
my McL second McLaren pick, I'm going to go with Mars Guo. Mm-hmm. And so the reason for that, and this is diving a little bit more into some Legends material we have for him, or just kind of a, a little bit, is that we know that he is not the best pod racer, but he had a good run in the minor rim leagues. And yeah. so he's promoted up. So we need someone who I see not necessarily as a rookie, but he showed promise in maybe McLaren's, like McLaren's his second team. You know, mm -hmm. tried to sort of reinvent himself. Maybe he previously was brought up by a Red Bull and just didn't quite fit in that mentality well enough. But, you know, now two or three seasons in, looking for a second chance, he kind of needs a a sturdy person to kind of push him over, kind of like wrestling. And I think Dud Bolt at this point in his career is willing to do that. Yeah, so uh, I can see yeah, that. Yeah, he his pod racer is this kind of big, clunky thing that actually goes pretty fast. And he ends up losing the race when Sebulba, you know, is being Sebulba and a dick and kind of throws something back at him. And that kind of strikes sort of the kind of the poor <laughs> luck that McLaren has, which I feel like they just can't catch a break sometimes. He's the guy who goes, <laughs> Yep, that's him. So, <laughs> McLaren! <laughs> so, so that's why I'm getting Mars Guo with the, the number eight pick. So we're now entering a sort of a sort of special area here that Red Bull as an organization gets to oversee not one but two teams in F1 so they can move their drivers around more easily. So Nikki has mm -hmm. picked for sort of the flagship Red Bull team. But he also is picking for uh, kind of the, the B team, as it, as it were, unofficially. And that is uh, right. kind of the Toro Rosso, what they were called the past two seasons. But if they were racing right now, it would be uh, AlphaTauri. But hopefully we'll get to see that at some point. So, Nikki, you have your first pick of this lot. Knowing that you right. know, if your two Red Bull guys don't mesh together, you could, you could move them around if need be. You can pull from here. So... I'm I'm gonna do a reverse of what happened in the 2019 season. In the 2019 season, um, Red Bull started with Max Verstappen and Pierre Gasly, and Pierre didn't quite cut it. Um, a little bit of a, some mess ups. Uh, got into, got too much into his head. You know, he's just not he's not being that driver who will push up with Max Verstappen. So he got dropped to Toro Rosso. They bring in Alexander Albon, who's now one of my favorite racers of the current roster. Um, so, but I'm going to go the Pierre Gasly route, and I'm going to do a bit of a headcanon kind of thing here, too. And I'm going for it. I'm calling in the biggest gun I know, Ben Quadraneris. Oh! <laughs> I love the idea of Ben Quadraneris being drafted into Red Bull too early. <laughs> Maybe being drafted into the Bunta Eve too early. <laughs> Not ready for it, you know? And he's sitting there on the racetrack pounding his thing, wondering how the hell he got here. <laughs> and I, I think, you know, Ben, maybe he's yeah, promising. He's Like we talked before, he's on a poster with Sebulba. Um, uh -huh. So promising. Promising had some, maybe had some good times with Red Bull, but too much got in his head. He just fell down the track, and he had to get pulled off that team and is now racing for Alphatari slash Toro Rosso. So Aldor, Aldar Bito got promoted. Yeah. In this scenario. I, let's, let's go with that. All right. Because mm -hmm. Alex, Alexander Albin came in and, and started showing people what he could do, like almost immediately. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, Leslie Gasly, though, at the end of the season, you know, had that great second place finish there right after it was confirmed he wasn't going to be on the Red Bull roster. Mm -hmm. You know, and... I could see uh, Benny Q getting that nice little satisfaction there. That's what we end. want for him, you know? This is a guy who we want to see have a win. And I feel like we got that with Pierre Gasly in the end of the 2019 season. I hope we get the same for Benny Q. We can, we can wish for the best. Well, you know, I'm now picking for Renault. And I think you have to go with the Grand with a plan. Mr. Okay. Mahonic. Mahonic. Yes. And, uh, you know, when you look at the literature surrounding the race, he was considered to be a, a capable 
rival, you know, kind of a a possible pick who could come through strong and, and you know, maybe shake things up a bit, get a podium finish. Not necessarily high expectations to win, but there's a belief there. And, I, I you know, I could see that a, a driver like Mahonic would take a bit of pride for driving for a, a team that made its own stuff, you know, mm-hmm. getting hands on there. He wants to take his own sort of credit that he got that, you know, he isn't getting somebody else's scraps thrown his way. Right. You know, he is working with the manufacturers. You know, I, I have always just pictured his species to be kind of an engineering species in a way for for no mm-hmm. necessarily reason, but I could I could picture I don't know if Hawk H O K is an industrial planet or not, but <laughs> we're gonna make it for this sake. The planet is sit into split into two sides. There we go. Perfect. He's a two sided guy, Renault, kind of a two sided team. And uh, he he never quite reaches where he's supposed to, but that that's what they pick up anyhow. And he gets some uh, some poor lucks, but you know I can see that angry French team lead of theirs. I I, I dig it. Kind of letting it out. Who's your second Toro Rosso man? Hmm. This is gonna be a tough one. I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out where I want to go with this. So Toro Rosso, we're in the we're in a development sort of stage. So I'm trying to find someone a little young in the game. Um and I think for someone like that, I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> my man Zelbri. <laughs> Zelbri is so young, so <laughs> developmental. He doesn't even have a photo on Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, he doesn't like this kid came out of Formula Two. Nobody knows who the hell he is. He's first. He wasn't even mentioned in the video game or the movie. He was mentioned in Star Wars Super Graphic: A Visual Guide to a Galaxy Far, Far Away. Uh, so I think he's maybe someone who Red Bull, as an organization, is looking at. Maybe he's got a future here, um, but we just don't know. So we'll keep him in, in Toro Rosso for now, and uh, and let him race there. Let him show what we have, what, or let him show us what he's got. And um, I'm going to stick with Zelbri there. Well, you know, I'm going to point to the uh, the Phantom Menace novelization by Terry Brooks. I'm going to read a quote to you. Next, it was Zelbri challenging trying to sneak past Sebulba from above, as much as Anakin had done with Gasgano. But the Dug sensed his presence and rode to block his passage. Selbury slid left, drawing alongside, holding fast. Sebulba seemed to lose ground, to give way slightly. But when Selbury was next to him, the Dug triggered a side vent in his left exhaust. Fire spewed laterally into Selbury's engine, cutting apart the metal housing, as if it were made of Flemish blast. Zelby tried frantically to move away, but he was too slow. So, you know, I, I like that he's a young guy who's willing to try to impress and kind of do some moves that he may not be ready for yet. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just not used to the counterattacks. He's just learning how to maybe cut on the inside edge for a bit, but he doesn't know what to do when he starts getting pushed onto the grass. Yeah, I, I can dig I, that. I, I stand, I stand by your pick, right there. Um, so going with my man Mahonic here at Renault, kind of the number two guy on the team. Like you said, we're starting to, starting to kind of move down the roster a bit. I'm gonna pick nobody else but Mister Eb Endicott himself. There we you know, go. We don't know much about this guy, except he's kind of scary looking. <laughs> and he's got a scar on his belly, and the Renault team team lead kind of has a scarred up looking face. Not really. He's a, he's a real character. He's a character, and I could see Eb Endicott. You know, Eb Endicott. I you know this is my head cannon. He's racing to get out of the race car. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so yeah, he's building up the reputation so he can be a team lead himself. 
So he's racing with Renault to be a, you know, a captain of sorts for Mercedes or Red Bull. Or, mm-hmm. You know, that's where he sees the money and how he's going to get the gold. He loves the sport, but he's just not quite talented enough to do it. But he sticks in with it. And so it's kind of the Renault team, you know, there's some potential talent there, but they're just not that great and they're not going to push through. And unfortunately, they don't have the hardware for either of these racers to kind of see that they're doing their best. Yeah. It's it's tough. You know. It's hard being French. It sure is. <laughs> um all right. Who are we at now? Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo, that that's right. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with my Kimi Raikkonen comparison. I'm going to bring Clegg Holdfast in um to race for Alfa Romeo. And kind of just everything I said in the in the character comparison, I'm going to apply that to the same team here. Perfect. I'm up with Racing Point. Now, Racing Point, I think, is the team that has the most interesting recent history. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, with a leadership change, I highly recommend if you have not seen... This is more you see in the first season, kind of the more entertaining stuff of the, uh, of the docuseries. Uh, but I think it's episode six or seven. If you had to pick any single episode of the first season to watch, I would watch that one, where you see... Yeah. <laughs> Kind of a crazy crook who runs <laughs> the original Force India team before everything kind of falls apart and it gets bought by a rich Canadian. And that sets up that this dude's punk son is going to get a spot on the roster, kicking off another mm-hmm. player. And so uh, we're going to stick with the head cannon here. And I'm going to pick somebody who wasn't at the Boon to Eve cl- classic, but shows up in All the right. video game. Because sometime between production, this character's dad bought his way his son's way in. Okay. And that is none other than my main man, Toy Dampner. <laughs> <laughs> now why Toy Dampner? Well, Toy sounds a lot like Troy. And Troy is kind of a kind of a playboy name you know but not the good kind of yeah. what up playboy playboy but he kind of he doesn't really keep it to himself it's kind of a dude name like a rich dude name and like right. his his real life comparison here is lance stroll and i think toy mm-hmm. dampner and lance stroll line up well together and if you see what his little character looks like in the game he just looks so full of himself. He's got this long face, looking down his nose, everybody. Kind of a pretty boy, pretty blue boy. Stroke that pretty blue boy self. And, you know, so Toy Dampner, yeah. that's my racing point driver right there. Is he any good? I don't know. I really have to go back and uh, pull out my old uh, N64 and see if I can play as this son of a gun and give you a full evaluation in a future episode, perhaps. But that's who I have. There we go. Now, what what are your remaining teams? Okay, so this is who's remaining. So I'm due another Racing Point guy, and I have two for Williams. Williams, yes, okay. Yes, you have one more well, Alfa Romeo, and you have your two right. Haas. Right, and my Haas. Uh, let's see. So I want to – there's a great pick that I want to save for you. So I'm not going to pick him. I think I know um, what you're talking about, and I was, I was hoping – You'd be a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> I hope we're on the same page here. Otherwise, it's going to get awkward. Um, but I'll, I won't pick that guy. And I'm going to see if I can go with um, the late, great Rats Tyrell for my other Alfa Romeo spot. Now, Rats, he ah, rats. he's a family guy. <laughs> And I don't think he always races to win. He races for the love of the game <laughs> and the love of his family. Um, and that's why I'm going to put him on Alfa Romeo with uh, Clegg Holdfast. And, you know, he's he doesn't need to be on the number one team. Uh, he just needs a good teammate, and he's going to... He's going to race his little lean heart out and, and scream and crash. Um, so 
I'm going to go with rats um, because I've got my Haas people picked out. And I think even though we see rats have a tragic crash, um, and of course we don't, we don't want to make any comparisons to the real racers when it comes to what happens to rats. Um, <laughs> but I, I think I have, I have two racers who fit the Haas aesthetic a little more than well, rats who crashes quite early. So there we go. I'll I'll pass that back to you now. All right. So I'm on my my last racing point person right here. And I uh this is kind of a hard one here cuz I have some Williams folks in mind, right? Mhm. And racing point, the problem with racing point is it doesn't really have much of a culture other than, you know, the rich dude's son in terms of, you know, the narrative the greater narrative. So I'm thinking, like, who's somebody who would be okay with all that going on? He fought for his right to be there, and now that it's going, he's yeah. just like, I got my spot on the team, and they're going to keep me on because this entire team is just a project for Toy Dampner to race. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this guy's not that great. He's kind of coasting through. And I've decided for that, it's going to be... My man, Bozzy Baranta. <laughs> yeah, Racing Racing Point is exclusively uh, Star Wars Episode One racer characters. Nobody actually in Boonta Eve, because I think that capitalizes the sort of silliness of that team. Mm-hmm. You know, but Bozzy was somebody who who paid his dues as a mechanic. You know, he worked for Gasgano. And Ferrari was unable to, in this scenario, Ferrari was unable to offer him a spot. But, you know, push came to shove, and they were able to kind of make a few uh, few adjustments there. And he said, you know what, Bozzy, you could go on Racing Point. Yeah, Toy's kind of a, a, a penis head, but you just have to put up with it. Yep. Bozzy Baranta, baby. Bozzy Baranta, <laughs> man. <laughs> underrated driver oh, if there ever was one hmm let's see what can we do here so we are on Haas now Haas is actually a fairly new team based uh, in a, by actually an American company it's the first American team in Formula 1 and uh, they are they're wild they are a wild ride. Um, they got two drivers who constantly like are screwing up with each other. Um, so the first one I'm going to pick for Team Haas is a fellow by the name of Ark Roos, who his nickname is Bumpy. <laughs> his nickname is Ark Bumpy Roos. <laughs> He is a nucknog from the home world of Sump. <laughs> <laughs> and his claim to fame in the Bunta Eve classic is he ended up in the Moss Espa Med Center after colliding with Dudbolt. <laughs> now, if that's not a Haas personality, I don't know what is. <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy, don't know what the hell's going on. His name is Bumpy, for God's sake. He just crashes into people. Um, so, Ark Roos, racing for Haas, baby. <laughs> oh, gosh. Whew. Oh, man. I'd say you're doing... <laughs> you're doing... A, you're doing Haas dirty with that, but really... <laughs> is there any other choice? Is there really, is there really any other choice? I mean, in all seriousness, Haas is like Haas is in a position where they're like, we don't know if it's even profitable to keep up, like to keep racing in Formula One. So, I feel like their standard of driver has to be <laughs> the bottom of the bucket here. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, for my first pick here with uh, with Williams. I'm going to go with uh, Juan Sandage, or Sandage. I don't know how you say it. 
This is the... the uh, maybe like bandage. Sand, okay. Bandage. Wan sand. Ham sandwich. <laughs> ham sandwich. Ham uh, sandwich. So this character, long-necked gentleman with kind of goofy green things. And the reason I kind of like like Wan, Wan or Juan for Williams is because so on his home planet, and this this is more in Legends, he is a uh, a playboy, mm-hmm. and he ends up having a kid who also is a racer and is a bit kind of full of himself, kind of a big deal where he's from, but he doesn't have any actual accomplishments to his name, and that kind of fits more of sort of the leadership I see of Williams, right? How Williams has this this history based on you know the great driver. Mm-hmm. But they're never able to fully live up to it with what they actually have. And to me, this is this is Wan right here. And it's funny because he actually paid Aldar Beto to kill Sebulba. Oh my god. <laughs> and I honestly <laughs> wouldn't be you know, I, I would not I wouldn't put Williams it passed Williams to go to Red Bull. Like one right, one Red Bull driver, and ask him to like take a hit on another one during a race. Yeah, you know, and play those personalities against one another. So I think that kind Maybe. of, you know, that sort of little back and forth going on could possibly be the little bit of Wayne Savage trying to, to keep it going. It's it's funny though. He uh, he ended up, <laughs> according to the description, when the hit failed. He eventually succumbed to his own senility and died. <laughs> Which oh, I feel no. like is what's going to happen to the Williams team at some point. Oh, no. It's true. Oh, man. That's a good one. Uh, all right. Who's your last boss, right. man? Now, guys, if you thought, oh, Bumpy. <laughs> Was was Haas pedigree? <laughs> Let me tell you about our guy Neva Key. <laughs> I love Neva Key. <laughs> Neva Key, a Zamster male, <laughs> participated in the Boot Eve Pod race. During the second lap of the race, Key flew off course in order to find a shortcut and disappeared, never to be seen again. <laughs> 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 Homie, imagine, imagine a Haas driver just driving off course, and nobody ever sees him ever again. He just leaves. <laughs> He's just gone. And people are like, "Was he captured? Did he crash? Was he captured by Jabba the Hutt?" We really don't know. In fact, we we don't know to the degree that Police Inspector Tan Devo <laughs> got on the case and acquired a hologram image depicting Jabba the Hutt. Paying bounty hunter Aura Singh nearby the crash of Neva Key's pod racer. So, what is going on there? Um, we actually have some more some more things here. Um, Tandivo also developed a theory that Farwan and Glot, the original manufacturers of Key's pod racer, had hired Singh so that they could acquire the racer's customization secrets, which Key had never shared. So there we go. That is a that's a team right there of some interesting people. <laughs> oh man. Oh, poor Haas. What a what a go. Uh all right. So who's the last pick here for good old Williams? Well, we've already picked the other seventeen racers who actually raced in Boon to Eve. And we've even picked some of the people who weren't in Boon to Eve. So who is the who is the racer considered to be just the bottom pole, the saddest of sad sacks? And that is Bowles Roar. A Sneevel pot racer from Sneeve. <laughs> I think we may have a we may have a discrepancy here though. Because... Uh. I don't know if Bulls Roar is that. I think Bulls Roar is a oh, he, is a something we've missed. This guy has won the boon to Eve twice. 
I think I think we've actually fucked up in the draft at some point, and we've left off <laughs> very a, a truly great racer really... here. <laughs> um, oh gosh, I feel so bad. <laughs> you won it twice. Well, you know, I could see Williams. I'm I'm, I'm trying to revive the brand. I'm gonna I'm you gonna, yeah. You know, this is what they're trying to, and you know, Williams this past season. I'll, I'll just put this in perspective. So the winning team was. Uh, of course, Mercedes won with 739 points. You get points based on how your drivers finish. Williams got last place with one point. One bright, shining star in the whole season. <laughs> and for me, that's my man Bull's roar. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, d- I actually have a, I have a proposition here. Oh, we have a okay. It's breaking. It's breaking the rules. Breaking the rules. Well, you know the draft. That, that's fine. You know, d- d- game but day trade. We may, we might have something here. All right. Now, so one thing that Williams has going for it is they have a young kid called George Russell racing for them, and this kid is part of the Mercedes development program, and he, so basically like his, I think it's it might even be his agent. I don't know. It could have been someone else who had this, but he is like basically being taken care of by a guy who sounds like a Star Wars character in his own right. Um, he's called Toto Wolf. <laughs> Toto Wolf is the... Um, uh, he's an Austrian. Brought to you by Dave principal. I know, right? He's the principal of Mercedes. The, Mer- the Mercedes team that is, you know, ruling the world. Um, so you have George Russell propped up, a young, promising racer, propped up by this amazing guy, uh, Toto Wolf, going to help him really get his career. I'm suggesting, I'm going to give you Aldarbido as this promising kid from Aldarbido's <laughs> homeworld, uh, coming into race for Williams, obviously has a future, obviously can perform, and he's going to do that, and I would I would be happy to bring Bulls Roar, a uh, it's like a guy who has won Boone's Eve before, but didn't quite do well in this one, the uh, the, the one we know so well. Um, he finished sixth place, so he's not perfect, but he's got some good pedigree. I'm thinking I'd love to bring him onto Red Bull, and have him sort of match with Sebulba and give you the very promising Aldarbido. To, to bring Williams some love. Well, I have to give a little warning because you're putting the guy who ordered the hit on with the guy who he asked to do the hit. Well, that so it makes it make, even more you know, sense. It makes sense. He's asking his <laughs> yeah, own teammate. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. And especially if this happened, like if, let's say the season ran for a little bit and there was a bit of, yeah. you know, a bit, yeah, of trade a few races, it makes all the sense for, uh, for Wayne Sandage to ask Aldar Bito, a former Sebulba teammate who kind of knows how he thinks, to knock him out. Yeah. I, I, I approve of the trade. I think the commissioner agrees. And uh, there, we th- there we have it. 20 pod racers. I apologize to the five racers from uh, the Star Wars Episode One racer who didn't make it. That'd be a bullseye navier. Um, <laughs> Cy Younger. But another thing for, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, another thing for the way that, uh, formula one works is we have drivers who are considered inactive, right. And they're sometimes the like test drivers for some of these, uh, manufacturers or they're like backup, backup drivers. Um, so we saw, we saw a case before where there's a driver called Esteban Ocon who, um, was a racer for Force India and then got dropped going into the 2019 season and was like the backup racer for Mercedes. So then Mercedes is like, oh, well, we want this guy to have like a proper racing contract. So then when a spot opened up on Renault, Renault brought him in for the 2020 season. So, you know, there's situations where we have these racers who may not have a seat in any given season, but that doesn't mean their racing career is over. Well, you know, there's some old guys on there, and judging by the history of the Haas drivers, you know, 
Looks like they may be losing somebody. Haas is going to need some guys. That's for sure. We'll need some people in the back out. Well, this has been a delightful draft here in what is definitely single-handedly the longest episode of the Babble Bubble to date, but it's worth it. You know, we're in quarantine, and so, you know, since the F1 season isn't happening, might as well take it all in for uh, what we have. I'm going to have a couple of rapid-fire questions here per usual because that's the that's the Babble Bubble way of things. Um so, what Star Wars planet that doesn't have a pod race do you think should? Hmm. Doesn't have a pod race, but should. I'm going to go with... Uh, this is probably kind of a dumb answer, but it's rapid fire, so I won't like take too much time. I'm going to go with Exegol. <laughs> Can you imagine trying to dodge the lightning blasts <laughs> like as part of the race? It's lightning raining down, and you I'd say that is that is some high octane Star Wars nonsense right there. I like it. Uh-oh, we got a poor connection notification. Can you hear what I'm saying? Check, check. I can. I can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll just fix that. Yeah, my, okay. uh, I'll leave a pause. Okay. Yeah. My answer for that question would actually be crate, just because I think the aesthetic yeah. of the flying salt right, right. coming out from all the pod racers would look kind of cool. Now we're going to flip that question and ask, which real-life location would you like to see a pod race? So you've taken the pod race, you're bringing them here to planet Earth. Where's it going to be? Oh, man. I, there are two that I really want to say, but I have to go with the greatest, the greatest Formula One track, and that's Monaco. <laughs> the like damage. A, 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 a pod, but a pod race in the city. How about that? That's some more Star Wars nonsense. See, I kind of, I had Egypt going because of the sand and maybe the pyramids, but you know, structure. I'm gonna. Oh wait, is is the question which real race? Or just anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world, yes. So you don't, you're not oh, okay. committed to the track. Mostly because, I mean, you have a good answer. Yeah, so assuming you have your track answer, if you have a non-track to pick, my non-track's going to be, or my real track will be Azerbaijan because I feel like there's the least mm-hmm. amount of things they could break. Yeah. <laughs> what if we're working on the assumption of they're not going to break anything? Well, then Monaco it is, or maybe I'll do a hometown favorite and say here in Austin, down the street. Oh, yeah. My... My second choice would be Singapore. I think they're like the track there is really cool. And looks very futuristic. But the anywhere in the world, no track, you just assume the pod racers cuz you know they don't require a traditional track. Mhm. I'm going to go with the Bahamas. Ooh. I think some skimming over the water would be kind of cool. Mm. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. And finally, the last question. If you could watch an F1 race on any Star Wars planet, which one would it be? Mm. Yeah, I'm a real sucker for the uh, um, the sort of like cityscape ones. I think like Monaco is just like the coolest. So I would say something... It had to be like a pretty planet, so like racing through... The feed streets. That'd be like super cool. I feel like that's the most obvious one. When I was thinking of these questions beforehand, I had a hard time thinking of what my second choice would be. Mm. And, you know, I, I feel like indoor would be kind of cool. I oh, mean, yeah. it's a lot of development, but racing through the tall trees, kind of a neat aesthetic going on there, kind of like a forest race. Uh, you know, otherwise, though, it's kind of a hard choice because there's a lot of places where you can't. I mean, Coruscant's out of the picture. We don't even know what the bottom level looks like. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to go you down there. You don't want to go down there. I mean, <laughs> certainly not Bespin floating in the sky. Hoth is too cold. Yep. Mustafar, you couldn't even think of it. Felucia, maybe? No, the plants are going to try to kill you. But could you imagine those little Felucians <laughs> as F1 fans? That'd be really great. Oh, the noise! <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, friend. Turn it down! <laughs> <laughs> waving their little Ferrari flags. Oh my god. Ah, good stuff. So good. Well, 
Um, there is actually one final point I want to make about Formula oh, One. Oh, please do, please do. This um, is the space, and it's one. It's one we didn't quite mention, um, but I feel like is another really great Star Wars parallel, and that's that Formula One drivers are Sith lords, <laughs> because basically the dynamic between two people in a team feels very much like a master and apprentice vibe. So, like, let's take, um, let's take Ferrari for example. We've we've already talked about. Vettel and Leclerc together and that sort of like butting of heads so you have like the older you have essentially the master in Vettel right and then you have the apprentice in Leclerc you have the older guy who's proven his power the younger guy who's hungry for it and a fascinating thing about Formula One is we talk about you know these the, the constructor championship and whatnot and boosting the team's score but you also kind of your your teammate is also your number one enemy because you're trying to you both have the same car so you're both you both have the same equipment and you're both trying to prove which of these two is better and so there's also for as much as like you might think there's a um camaraderie in the in the way we have a uh like teams and teams of two it's actually it can lead to the biggest rivalries in in the whole sport and you just have these two guys who th- are theoretically on the same side just constantly trying to one-up each other and take take power from the other guy um so i think that's like a really fascinating dynamic in formula one as well where they might be wearing the same colors but they are definitely not always the best friends well said i, c- I can see it it's kind of funny because i like to imagine you know somewhere between you know, Darth Bane and Darth Plagueis. Some Sith Lord decided, I'm going to kind of break away from this decision to, you know, rule the galaxy and just pod race. And yep. that's how their apprentice took him out. <laughs> that was the rule of two. It was a pod racing team. Yep. And the, the second guy knocked him out like, come on, we got to get back to this. I don't know what, <laughs> what have you been doing? <laughs> Come on, everybody! Why? Why? You know that that thing Darth <laughs> Darth Wyan is. Yep. Oh no! Taking out Darth, full of himself is. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You you know the sillier Sith Lord names than I do. Ah. <laughs> anyway. All time great Darth and Daddy. <laughs> it's been a pleasure and a delight on the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining us here, Mister Kumar. Why don't you share your deets, where we can find you, your show, and anything else you want to plug as we log off here from the good old Babble Bubble. No worries. Again, thanks for having me. Thanks to your listeners for uh, basically wasting an hour of time with us uh, making a Formula One pod racing draft, which even when we started this episode, I did not think we would take that long doing, but God bless (laughs) for taking that long. Um... Then, yeah, if you want to listen to this uh, show I'm on, it's the Imperial Senate Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at ImpSenatePod. Um, and if you want to follow me specifically, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Naquishus. That is at N-A-Q-U-I-C-I-O-U-S. Cool, cool. Well, thank you all for dropping by. And per usual, we will catch you all around the corner.